Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Each episode, we discuss a different photography subject. With my co-host Terry, we try and make some sense of the things we love about photography and some of the things we don't love as much. Come join us. Welcome to this edition of Photo Mission Focus. Hey, Terry, what are you doing? Is that, is that you? Is that, <laughs> My phone just went off, so I'm just going to... Have you just, got your phone out? just going to flick it to uh, airplane mode. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to go off when I turned it on, but it did. It just went on. Yeah, I'm not distracted at all, am I? That's right. She's just... She's, <laughs> she just loves... Remember, people, always turn your phone off when it, you're in the company of others. Well, everyone, that's the trouble. Everyone loves their phones. They do. And we... We do so much with our phones and it becomes a part of life, but mm. yeah, it kind of does sometimes get in the way, but mm. all, all good. We need to turn those vibrations off. Turn, turn off the phone. Yes. Terry, what are we talking about? So today we're going to have a chat about uh, making the leap into becoming a professional photographer. Cool. And and yeah. I think this is something when people, some people start out with, you know, from day dot mm. that they and, and I've interviewed Many a photographer on the Exposure podcast, yeah, who from day one knew what they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. They 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 left school, they studied photography. Mm-hmm. Photography was always going to be their career, chosen career. Yeah, so they basically had that plan and they stuck to it. Yeah. Then I've interviewed so many photographers who never even considered photography as a career. Mm. Got into photography later in life, mm-hmm. you know, for all different variety of reasons. Then to go on and become, you know, professional photographers where they actually give up, gave up their, you know, normal day job that they would been doing for years and took on the role of being a photographer. And yeah, it's, it's interesting how people make that leap. And I suppose like your story is a bit of that too, that you. Yeah, mine was, it's. Kind of a bit of both, to be honest. Like I always, you know, I think since high school knew that I wanted to be a photographer. photographer. Didn't really know how to do it. Uh, and I think because I lived in Darwin, it was a really challenging arena to step into as a professional because, you know, back in the film days, it was you needed to be either an apprentice to someone or mentored yes. by someone to be a photographer. It wasn't really as, as I'm, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot by saying this and I really mean no disrespect to anyone, but it was really not as simple as it is now to have a full-time career as a photographer. Yeah. and I, I, Look, I, yeah, I don't think you're shooting anyone in the foot, but I think you're right because photography, like I said, was something that people had to study mm. to have a bit of knowledge with the technical side of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, too, you had to have some inkling of the creative side of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great being able to technically use a camera and correctly expose every picture and every frame perfectly exposed. Yeah. But if you don't know how to fr- frame it or, you know, position your subject or whatever, yeah, those photos can become very dull and yeah. lifeless. And very difficult to make an income from. And it, it also was quite difficult back in the early days because it was a huge cost in learning the craft if you were and, and mentored the, and, by someone. And the equipment. Exactly, yeah. So so to put a kit together to 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 aspire to become a professional photographer, you do need a certain amount of kit. Yep. So there is that kind of holy trinity of lenses which 
mm. a lot of photographers want to get to. So they basically cover off from a wide to a telephoto type scenario so they can shoot you know, wide when they need to. They can shoot yeah. in between the middle. Yeah. And then they can shoot at the longer end when it's something they need to be, Yeah, you know. And right. so also in saying that as well, so these days, like, to become a professional photographer, would you suggest that it's, that it's a good idea to niche down? So have a really yeah. good think about well, what type of photographer you're, you're wanting to become because it could mean that you don't need a huge kit yes. to start with. That's right. I mean, yeah. and look, it, it, it could be that you want to niche down and you want to become a product photographer so you're going to photograph product now uh-huh. now and I'm, there's some very successful product photographers yep who basically suits people who like working by themselves because uh-huh. for for that type of photography you spend a lot of time in a studio type environment yes where you got product and you're lighting it and you're playing of the lighting and you're getting creative how you light it and yeah obviously trying to photograph i mean you know is this you think oh can't be that hard to take a picture of a bowl of <laughs> a bowl of wine. It can't be that easy either. But when you actually look at some of these amazing product shots, like so much work has gone yeah. into actually getting that shot. They're incredibly technical. So some people might actually have a I suppose a leaning to shooting something in particular. And I think you're right, niching mm. down can help you maybe make the leap. Yes. So if you get really, really good at doing something Mm-hmm. Right, then you can obviously then start approaching people who would use those services mm-hmm. and have a really strong portfolio of work that you've done to show that you're capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. That you start then getting those type of jobs. And look, I know a few of the photographers we've had on Exposure have talked about how they've had to they they found a particular niche working in different type of environments and they upskilled those areas they needed to upskill so they could bring something to the table that maybe another photographer didn't have. Yeah, right. So to give them that leg up the ladder, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. So I think that's important to, to consider that, to consider, I mean, look, cracking into, say, into your area of expertise, which is, you know, as a wedding photographer, mm. A lot of people want to be wedding photographers, so there's a lot of people out there doing it. Mm. And as you know, it's quite a hard gig mm-hmm. and you have to, I mean, you have to work to get established. Yeah. So, you, and you get, obviously, as you get established, you get better at it and that helps bring in clients. So, you know, being a wedding photographer is niching down. Yeah. Because you are shooting in a particular area. Yeah. But again, it's one of those things that sometimes it's it takes a bit more. If there's a lot of people in your little niche area, yes, then sometimes it's better off maybe to look at: is there something else you could do? Yeah, is it something where you could be shooting, you know, branding shots for venues and mm. branding shots for mm. wedding gowns and wedding cakes and stuff yeah, like that? Like, yeah. like finding finding us in that space, mm. but finding something a bit different, and then really try and double down on it mm, mm. and we've we've often spoke about in the past finding a mentor and finding ways to work in the industry with other photographers that's also something that you can consider if you if you're wanting to make that leap into pro you've started to develop a little bit of a portfolio uh you feel like you're, you've skilled yourself to a certain point and there's there's maybe you know there's someone you admire or there's an opportunity going someone's looking for a second shooter like there's so many facebook groups out there that that are kind of centered around 
helping yep. others get work or helping others upskill themselves. Yep. I think one of, the, one of the challenges people have making the leap from, so they've picked, they've picked the camera up, they've gone out, they've learned some skills, mm-hmm. they can find their way around the camera, they can correctly expose an image, they can um, compose an image and they can do all that stuff. Mm. One of the things that people neglect to do is start to understand the business aspect. So if yeah. you're going to do that leap to from the casual photographer that maybe takes a couple of jobs here and there and you can get mm-hmm. away you can get away of saying oh yeah that's 300 bucks and someone gives you 300 dollars you have to get to the point where you you need to start invoicing it you know you need to start keeping records understand the cost to you and as an, a business owner yeah understand yeah. and start to understand that's huge well that's right understand yeah. what your break-even point is you know there's things like insurance that you need yeah. to consider yeah that you're going to need to have some type of public liability insurance yeah so would you in that in with all of that in mind, not only understanding what you need to run your business, but would you also encourage people to do a small business course? So absolutely. That they, absolutely. Whether it's through your local council. I know that the Brisbane City Council runs some amazing yes. courses for so, small businesses. Well there's a few, you know, in different regions there's a few small business councils. Mm. And they'll quite often run courses like that exactly, like you know, mm. how to how to basically prepare your tax. What yeah. what types of insurances do you want? What type of contract contracts do you need like i remember seeing a workshop available for people who like there's little things like writing grants so that you can get access to government funding and do i need to be set up for gst and lots of different things so there's so much that needs to be done that's right yeah. and, and look one, one of the things you have to consider too when when you actually are making that leap from say where it's maybe and maybe look you've been doing it it's been a side hustle yeah and you know it's been putting a few bucks in your pocket because you shoot on the weekends and mm. then you're getting more because that leads to more opportunities mm. that then you start to say, well, I'm getting to the point now where maybe I could give up my day job. Mm. But, I mean, you need to kind of make sure that the structure you get because when you're shooting as a side hustle, mm-hmm. the tax implications might be very different to when you're actually shooting as a full-time yeah. photographer because now you're kind of, <laughs> you know, if you're working for a PAYE you know, mm-hmm. getting tax taken out yeah. the end of the week, and you're you're working at say the local bunning store. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're taking they're taking <laughs> hypothetically hypothetically they're take they're taking your they're looking after your super they're looking yeah. after your your tax and all that type of jazz. So mm. you you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. As soon as you make that leap over to being a full time photographer. You're now responsible for those things that you're yeah. putting money aside for tax. That's right. And you can't just be invoiced $300 anymore because I tell you what, you won't make any money. That's it. That's it. So you've got to understand, that's what I said, you've got to understand a little bit about business. Yeah. And I think you're right. Good, good advice would be for anyone thinking about making that leap would be in that planning stage as you're going through and you're doing your skills that you bring in some type of business training, some yeah. type of, like I said, whether it be a mentor, yep. whether it be a small business course, yeah, um, all those things are going to help you enormously yeah. get yourself set up. Because I tell you what, from from someone who has not had that business background and has learnt on the go, there is nothing worse than slogging your guts out for several years realising that you can make more money. Working at Bunnings. Working at Bunnings. Yeah, and, and, that, and that can be gut-wrenching. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely soul-destroying, yeah. absolutely soul-destroying. And it, like not, you know, just to put a conservative figure on it, your business could cost anywhere between 
ten to forty thousand dollars to run a year. Yes, and it, you kind of think, wow, how could it possibly cost that? You've got your things like your subscription, your insurances that you mentioned before. You've yep. got your superannuation, your tax to pay because you still got to pay tax on yep. everything and, you and, earn. And if you're trying to say set up a studio space, so oh you, gosh, make that sixty or seventy thousand dollars. That's right. A year. You've got this other cost of 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 doing business that you've got yeah. to recoup. And yeah, sometimes people, and I suppose one of the struggles is when you be making that leap is is formulating your pricing. That's right. And you have to be very, very clear when it comes to pricing jobs mm. that, you know, unless it's actually going to make you money. Sometimes you're better off to say no. That's right. It's not, you know, the old thing, you know, you can't, people say, oh, you, you want to learn how to do this and be good for your exposure. Well, you know, the old adage is exposure won't pay your rent. Yeah, one yeah. bite, one exposure doesn't help you down at Woolies buying yeah. your groceries each week. Yeah, and sometimes you do. Sadly, you will will feel the need to take on those little jobs just because it's it you you kind of not just desperate, but you you need the cash. But if you don't understand your bottom line, like how much you need to bring in per week, and I and meet that, you're actually going backwards. And yes. Not to dishearten anyone out there. No, that and look, we don't. Do it. Look, the idea of this this episode was not to make people. Say, oh, it sounds too scary. It sounds too hard. No, it's it's more to say understand what you're getting just, into just, and aim for it. That's right. Yeah. So basically, is it's really do your due diligence, get all the information you yeah. need. So you actually you're not coming to this with any kind of surprises. Yeah, you, you know do. what I mean. Really, <laughs> I was rudely surprised several years ago. I tell you what, it's not a nice feeling. Yes. Well, yeah. that that's most people is is they sometimes they don't get a like advice from an accountant mm-hmm. with their tax planning mm-hmm. and they'll work, work, and they think they're making all this money. Then all of a sudden they get this whacking great tax bill that just wipes them out and they just yeah. feel absolutely demoralized because yeah. they've just worked all these hours of blood, sweat and tears mm-hmm. only to pay it all in tax. Yeah. Which is sad. It's so upsetting. So, but, so upsetting. But that's only, but that's, that, that comes about because you're not understanding mm what your obligations of a business person is. Like mm. you need to understand that you're going to pay tax, you know, on every month, every quarter we do our GST BAS statement. Yeah. So we have to submit our BAS mm-hmm. and, you know, we're unpaid tax collectors basically for the government because that's, yeah. that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. And we collect that GST. Exactly. And that's the other thing people fall on the trap, especially with GST because like so you, once you get to that level where you've got to charge GST on your jobs, mm. Is that money's not yours? No. You've got to pay that back to the government. That's right. So you're basically collecting it. So that some people artificially think it's their ca- it's in their cash flow. No. And that's really <laughs> dangerous. Put that money aside because it's just going to Mr. Taxman. That's it. That's it. So a lot of people, when GST first came out, I was really mindful of um, not having that money when came time to do it because mm. I knew you know, you're going to have to you. People will be paying you this extra 10% on top of what you're charging. You're going to have to submit that. And mm-hmm. I said to my accountant when GST first came in, I said, okay, can I, what can I do with this? Can I, you know, put this money? And I had an offset account on my mortgage. I said, can I put it in an offset account? He said, you can put it anywhere you like, put it under your bed as long as you've got it to pay when the bill's due. Yeah. You know, really that money, it doesn't matter how you manage it, how you tuck it away. Mm. It's it's there as mm. long as you've got access to it mm-hmm. when the time comes to need to pay. Yeah, yeah. So I you know found a way to kind of make an account that we just put that money into. Yeah. 
And I'd tend to do it at the end of each week. Yeah. Put 10% away. Yeah. Now, what happens with, with GST, and this is why it's good to go and talk to an accountant, but you do have some local input credits yes. in Australia. So basically some of your stuff, like when you buy your fuel and you go and, you know, you're driving out to a wedding out yeah. at Kelbar or somewhere and mm. then you've driven out there and you've had accommodation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you've had food, you've had to do all these things. Mm. All those things are business deductions. Mm-hmm. Some of them are going to have a GST component. Mm-hmm. So you can actually claim that back. Mm. And that's a really good point. So you, you could almost do some, some trial runs or some dry runs. You could create, you know, if you are doing small jobs at the moment, Figure out how much that's costing you as a business owner before you go pro. So if you're hypothetically you're photographing weddings, okay, so take into account your travel, how much you can potentially claim on that, the insurance component that you yep. would have to pay to have insurance and you might like please never go to a wedding and photograph it without insurance, even if you are not full time photographing, get your insurance. Well you can actually there is there is um you can there is companies that will actually give you like an, you can insure for an event. Mm, like yes, exactly. Yes, you can get a quote and say, "Yeah, I want to do this." I'm, I'm, and what's changed now? Like we in my other business, we do a lot of work in shopping centres. Uh huh. So we used to have ten million dollars worth of public liability, right? Yeah. Which was the kind of standard. Yeah. But then every now and then you'd come across a shopping centre that wanted twenty million. And that's what we need to have as wedding photographers. We need twenty million. Well, that's what we have now. So our, our yeah. base insurance is twenty million. Yeah. So we have twenty million dollars worth of public liability. But what used to happen for those few jobs that you might get one or two a year in a shopping centre where they said, "No, to work here you need twenty. I would just go and purchase for that job. Yeah, right. I didn't know that was an yeah. option. So I I use a, an insurance broker. Then I'd bring my broker up and say, hey, I've got to do this job at such and such, such and such. They want $20 million. He goes, when, okay, when you're doing the job, I'm doing it between this date and this date. He'll come back and say, yeah, that's going to cost you 60 bucks." Yeah. So then I can put that $60 onto the price of that job. Yes. Right? So I could go to them and go, yep, while I'm on this job, I've got $20 million. Yep. And like I said, now we've got $20 million is the baseline that yeah. we have anyway. Yeah. But if someone needs more, like someone comes along and says, oh, this particular site, you need $30 million, Yeah. You don't have to go out and get your whole policy rejigged for $30 million. You, you can just, just register. If, if that's not going to be, if that's going to be like a one-off or an every now and then type of thing, you can do do yeah. like a just insurance for that particular Yeah, thing. so that's a really good thing to consider and, and incorporate in what your expenses are going to be. Yep. And look, we've yep. run, I've run community events where we've had a an event where we're doing a fundraising event mm-hmm. and we've purchased public liability insurance just for that event for that night. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and then it becomes like a part. So, you know, your door ticket sales are going to be 15 bucks. You know that if you get 100 people, you know, a dollar from your tickets yeah. are going to pay for the insurance yeah. for the night. Yeah. But you know that something happens and someone gets injured or something goes wrong or whatever uh-huh. and it's not uh-huh. your you know it's not your fault you're not trying to do these things to for things to go wrong but no. you know th- things happen and you need to be covered like i've 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 heard of some really unfortunate accidents that have happened while people have been photographing yes. whether it's their clients or whether it's someone that's in their their arena or it's someone else or you know and it, it just you you need to be covered you absolutely need to be we, covered. we can't look said so you just can't it's, you, you just can't take roll the dice and mm. take the chance mm. And like I said, if you, especially if you want to have a long term career. So if you if yeah. you're if you're considering doing the leap to a pro, yes, 
from whatever status you're at. So maybe you might be semi-professional. Yeah. Like you're shooting yeah. every weekend but working Monday to Friday. Yeah. You need to do it in a way that, like I said, is professional yeah. from day from day dot. I absolutely agree with you. You know, so having your contracts in line, having yes. your model releases, having your insurances, your invoicing system. And, and they're all the key things. Like if you're making that leap, you should be looking at how you – once someone engages you mm. to do the work, that you have a contract. Yeah. So this is what I'm going to be providing. I'm going to be providing you two hours of my time on site mm-hmm. and I'm going to provide you with 30 high-res images. Mm. So it's very clear, right? Yeah. So when the person gets there and their event doesn't run for two hours, it ends up running for three hours. So they think, oh, but my event's still going, but, yeah, you you booked me for for two hours. Yeah. So you need to be kind of said, well, I can stay, but you know, there is going to be an extra charge for the And I tell you hour. what, that's a really awkward conversation to have if you yep. haven't pre-warned them. Yep. And I've and, been and caught out and I've stayed behind and not been paid for it. Yes. And that means that you're... Devaluing yourself. Yeah, and your cost, like your, I wouldn't necessarily say profit, but if you consider how much you're getting paid per hour and that's your job and that's the only amount you've been paid, your per hour rate has just gone down. That's right. And and you've got to be very careful. You've got to... V- you got to value every hour that you're doing something mm-hmm. for somebody else. You've got to put a value on that. Yeah, so and remember you, if you're shooting for an extra hour, that doesn't just mean you've only photographed for an extra hour. There's additional images that need to be, fo- edited, to be edited. There's Yeah, it's, it adds additional time along the, along the way for the whole lot. And look, as a tip for justifying the price because people will always go, oh, I didn't think it would be that expensive. Mm. And you can go, well, I've got to drive an hour. Yeah. From my place to the venue. Yes. I'm going to be there for two hours shooting this particular, you know, might be, say it's, say it's a birthday party or something. Uh-huh. You booked me for two hours. Yes. In that two hours, you've shot 500 images. Yes. So then you've got to drive back an hour. Yes. And then you're going to load them onto your computer. Yes. And you're going to go through and you're going to cull those images and then you're going to edit those images. That's right. And you're going to then... Get them to a point where you've got them ready to deliver. Uh huh. That all takes time. So yeah. now that it's not, it's not two hours. No, it's not a two-hour job. No. And here's a really good example. So I, I had thankfully gotten to the point where I was ready to export my images. So yes. I'd, for a particular job, I had sifted through over four thousand images from an, and it was probably about a ten-hour job. Yes. Yep. So that in itself took me. Quite some time. Yes. And then exporting those images takes some time again. So it could take a couple of hours for that to go through the computer system so that those images are ready to be be uploaded to the gallery. It took several hours for those to upload. Yes. And then so if you can't do anything else in that pros- in that time, hypothetically, like you cannot use your computer or you yes, can't yeah. can't Upload, that, download, do anything that's, else. That's that's time that you've got to recover. Exactly. You've got to be you've got to be paid for that time. That's right. That's right. And I even try things like uploading and and doing all of that stuff overnight while I'm asleep. So I'm yes. making the most out of my time. time you've got to be prepared management. for those times where it's not going to work. So take all of those things into consideration. Factor those hours in. Yes. Find out, figure out how long it's going to take you to do a job because an eight-hour job isn't just an eight-hour job. No, no. And look, you know, there's a thing in business we call the fudge factor. Yeah. <laughs> is that the old fudge? No, fudge. <laughs> fudge factor is typically a percentage that you'll add to a job mm. in case something goes wrong outside of all your 
everything you've done to try and control the situation. Yeah. So we just recently had a job we were doing where one of the people working on the job caused some damage and it was like it was an accident, like it was purely an accident. Yeah. It's actually cheaper rather than trying to claim it for insurance and by the time you pay the excess for the damage, it's just to pay to have that damage repaired. Yeah. So, you know, it could be something where you're walking down a hallway if your tripod and your tripod flips open and it just takes a big chunk of their plaster out the wall. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's not worth claiming on your insurance mm-hmm. to, to do that because yeah. you might you might have an excess of 500 or yeah or, or more yeah. on, on it. So so what, what we've always done in business is we've always included a fudge factor. So, um, so basically it, it's a percentage that you, you work out what you need to make and then you put another small percentage on. Mm-hmm. So over the course of a lot of jobs, some of those you'll get that money will just stay there and become a part of your profit. Mm. But then the time when you need to pay a painter to come in and spend 150 bucks while they patch up a wall that you've accidentally scratched, mm. that you're not you've already covered that off. Mm. Is that fudge factor? If that yeah. makes sense? Yeah. And that's just the way we've always done business. We've always yeah. had a buffer. Yeah. To to in the prize. I mean, yeah. you, this is something that you're not you don't discuss this with the client. <laughs> of this, course this, not. I think this, this is the this is the back me. this is the back end yeah. negotiations that yeah. you're you're doing yourself. Yeah. So these are some of the things to consider for people wanting to make that leap. Yeah. Is, is that you are you are going into a business. That's right. And you need to treat it like a business. That's right. And it's not just about being able to take amazing photographs. No, it's not. It's not. It's not about skill. Yes, you need to have those skills and you need to work on your photography skills. Mm-hmm. So the people who make the most money in photography aren't Actually the, not the best, best photographers. photographers. Yes, They're the I best, remember that saying. Yeah, it's the best marketers. Yeah. They actually market and sell themselves. Yeah. But they also have the ability to price jobs to maximise their profits. That's exactly right. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with making a profit. You That's ex- right. If you're a business... That's what you need to do. That's what you exist to do mm-hmm. to make a profit. Yeah. And profit's not a dirty word. No. Because when people go, oh, but you made like out of this job, you made X amount. But that doesn't take into account that in the end of the year, you might have to buy new equipment. That's right. So so in the scale of things, when you scale it, and I always say to people, you've got to look at sometimes too is, you know, when you're looking at your snapshot of your business mm. and sometimes people try and micromanage it down, well, oh, I didn't make much today. And then they get depressed because I oh, did this job and it blew out, blah, 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 blah. But then tomorrow's job might actually go really smooth and sweet. Mm. And you actually, and it's called swings and roundabouts. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you'll lose a bit and other times you'll pick it up. That's right. I always say to people, when you're looking at your business, how it's going is a monthly snapshot mm. will give you a better overall yeah. Reality of what's going on, yeah. Rather than trying to micromanage it on a daily basis, which some people do, yeah. But again, it's just one of the tips that I've kind of do is I will look at the business over the last month, yeah, and say, yep, okay, we've done this, this, and this. We've actually, yeah, yep, we lost a bit of, we didn't make it. I mean, I've been very fortunate. We we never really lose money. Some jobs we don't make much on a job, yeah, because of something happened. But then yeah. other jobs we we goes much smoother than we anticipated yeah. yeah and it's quoted so you basically charge what you quoted that's right yeah yeah, yeah. so we've, we've been talking about in this episode about making the leap and like i said i know just from different forums and different things out there there's lots of people who are aspiring to become professional they want to take their photography to that next level mm. and, 
And I think everyone's always looking for advice, what what I should do. Mm. And like I said, I think if you take away some of the things from this podcast is one of the things is definitely hone your business skills. Yeah. Definitely yep. get your business skills, get an understanding. You know, if if and the other thing too, if you find another person who's actually successful in business, it doesn't matter what type of business they're successful in, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll mentor to you know be be you can become their mentor, yeah. or they can become your mentor, yeah. so to speak. That that's fantastic because you can learn so much, even though they don't know much about photography, but they'll understand yeah. costs, yeah, and what you need to do. Or if you you're in a position where you can actually pay for. Some assistance, get a business coach. Yes, yes. Well, you've you've benefited benefited from that. Absolutely. And so, and there's actually, and you've been doing this a long time. Mm. You've been photographing for like over twenty years. Yeah. And we all can have refreshers. We can all, mm. you know, brush up on our skills. We mm-hmm. all sometimes need to kick up the ass. Yeah, my time management skills has recently had a big, yeah. Butt- Butt kick, butt yeah. kick, yeah. So get you moving and yeah, to start to understand a bit more yep. about that type of stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. Yep. So great and, chat. And, and great chat. And look, it's, it's it can be very rewarding. And if it's something you really want to do, yeah, you know, you need to put your heart and soul into it. But, Absolutely. But, but go in with eyes wide open. That's what I say. Absolutely true. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Till next time, Terry. Okay. Chat soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this edition of Photo Mission Focus discussing photography. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did so, leave us a comment. Or if you have a suggestion for a future show, drop that in the comments as well. And just remember, the next photo you take could be your best yet. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.